0: Hello again, everybody, and welcome back to It's Not Crypto with Brian Ross. We are broadcasting live on the End Results with a Z radio network, and that is inside the perimeter roofing studio from the Country Inn and Suites by Radisson Hotel here in beautiful Stone Mountain, Georgia. And excited today to introduce my first guest, Dr. Nikki Tobias. Hey, Nikki. Good morning. So uh, it's not crypto. Happy New Year. Now, actually, it's May of 2022. (laughs) I am back by unpopular demand to (laughs) knock down episodes five and six uh, of my critically acclaimed podcast. And, you know, I am super stoked. Uh, And when I say super stoked, I feel like a real surfer or someone who's cool, more naturally cool than me can see right through that. So let's just say I'm very excited to uh, be back. You know, it's been about six months. And so... As you all know, a lot can happen uh, in a six month period of time nowadays. So, in the chair, headset on, microphone up, and uh, hopefully able to present some rad stuff here in 2022. So, uh, we're going to kick some tires, we're going to light some fires. And it's not crypto, revolves around, you know, just what I think are life lessons, Um, you know, learned over time. And right now, last year I was 48. Now I'm 49. So, this is just advice. Several things I'd like to share with my 39 year old self Mm -hmm. or my 29 year old self. So, whether it's fitness or financial stability or professional friendships or whatever, marriage, you know, hopefully this show exposes or, you know, just gives you some insight into some of the building blocks that might help you with a stronger foundation for some future happiness or success. So this is going to be our first two-part episode. And again, I'm honored to introduce uh, Dr. Nikki Tobias. And she is an educator, a professional Mm -hmm. speaker, a life coach. Uh, She is the founder of Grounded Vision with her background in teaching, counseling, administration, crisis management, um, nonprofit management. Uh, She is. I know Nikki to be very adept at helping people overcome anything that holds them back. Uh, she's very direct and straightforward as a communicator. You would agree?
1: Uh, yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> to a fault sometimes. And, uh, and able to be fierce and vulnerable and just, you know, her coaching clients, her students, uh, her speaking audiences. Uh, she's enthusiastic. She's engaging. She's, you know, she just does it all. She spends a lot of plates and, uh, and now she and I have a chance to. Uh, work together, we're we're partners, we're friends, and uh, excited to have her as our guest today. So Nikki, you want to share a little bit about yourself?
1: Yeah. Thanks for that introduction. And uh, yeah, Brian, I mean, you're one of my favorite people and we've learned so much about each other, uh, known each other for about two years now. Um, yeah. I, I have a PhD and a master's degree in counseling, college student affairs. Thought I wanted to be a college president. Ended up running a domestic violence uh, program and shelter for a while. Um, left that to get a, a life coach certification. Decided I was going to start a in, uh, speaking in a coaching business um, because I was really coaching people about um, literal life and death. And it, it wore me out. And I was ready to <laughs> coach people on some happier things, and um, I I teach a class at the University of Georgia. My students uh, host and facilitate um, fundraising events for local nonprofits. After the semester, we should be well in the the $50,000 mark donated back to to nonprofits in Athens, and and so I do that. I work with you uh, in recruiting. I have this uh, speaking and and coaching side hustle, and I'm super excited about what we're going to talk about today.
0: So let me set the stage for why we're here today and why we believe this content can be super uh, impactful uh, in your life, both personally and professionally. The short version is when everything, and you remember, Nikki, went sideways March Mm -hmm. of 2020, uh, we had to pivot in our business uh, in order to just continue prospecting and and getting in front of our best clients. And we had to all of a sudden uh, start setting up secured Zoom meetings. Mm -hmm. So enter Dr. Nikki Tobias. Mm -hmm. um, Vastly overqualified for what we were asking her to do, but she jumped in and immediately, you know, started impacting our organization in a number of different ways. So we didn't just survive, you know, 2020. We actually had a banner year. We had double digit growth. If you fast forward to last year, we exploded. We had what I would consider a national championship year with over 40% growth. And it was just incredible how well like myself and Nikki, and we work with someone, our partner Sean and, and Paul, we call him El Guapo, um, how we just all were able to work together. And, and Nikki, you say it best when you say we didn't, like we stumbled you know, into our three-legged stool. And then uh, I like what you said the other day about how God blessed us by putting us all together.
1: Yeah, I mean, I you know to to give a little backstory, I had had a house fire in January, lost just about everything. I was uh, uh, pretty uh, housing unstable, uh, looking for a little work to do to give me some some structure and some schedule and a reason to, to get out of bed. And I saw an ad uh, on Facebook of all places and it ended up being for our partner, Sean. I didn't know it at the time. And Sean and I knew each other from BNI. So, mm-hmm. you know, there was just such a small world to be in a, in a networking group together. And I don't know that we had ever spoken. We just were sort of acquaintances, saw each other from across the room. And uh, I think 10 minutes after I applied, he was on the phone. It was uh, Friday afternoon. I remember it vividly. He said to me, um, you're way overqualified. And and um, sidebar, this is a great note for employers. If somebody's overqualified, they're qualified, right? You don't know their story. Right. You don't know what they need right now. People make lots of assumptions about the fact that I have a PhD and I'd want too much money or I'll quit really soon or I'll whatever. But they never talked to me about that. And so mm. I had so much respect for Sean just, just to have the conversation. And mm-hmm. I told him what was going on and what I needed. I was really honest about it. He remembered hearing that I had had the fire. And he said, listen, if you want a job, let's start Monday. Like it was Friday <laughs> afternoon. He's like, you're on. And uh, and we started uh, kind of booking appointments with clients. And it's, it's just really um, grown pretty exponentially from there. And uh, you know, what was it? Last week, I had my two-year anniversary with you guys.
0: Well, yeah, so we fic- we quickly fell into lockstep and, and working together, and we just started seeing measurable results and, and realizing more and more, you know, it's probably like middle of 2021, Nikki, that I'm like, you know, we're capable of making a much greater and more significant impact than maybe we previously thought. And so yeah. now fast forward to this year, and as you know, it's the same, you know, like we have the right people on the bus, we have yeah. the right people in the right seats. Yeah. Um, we're up again in all measurable categories of our business and not just by a little bit you yeah. know it's double digit growth again uh, so far in 22 2022 so i want to introduce nikki and let her talk a little bit about just the enneagram and the history behind it and and what some of the different things and numbers uh, are represented so i'll let you uh, take it away for a minute
1: yeah so you know we we as i said sort of fell into i think working together and then Brian and Sean had heard of the Enneagram in the past uh, through their work together and say so they sort of knew their numbers. And I had been studying the Enneagram for several years and knew my number. And that alone, just each of us kind of knowing our numbers and having a little bit of a of a perspective about why other people care about what they care about. And then we kind of leaned into it a little more over time, more over time. And we just had all the agents uh, in Athens, Georgia. We hosted them. And um, we did a big Enneagram session and it blew, I think, everybody on the team's mind. I mean, totally. everybody that was there was, um, and, and, you know, you always have those couple that are like, you're not going to box me in. You can't tell me about me. I'm not that easy. And then afterwards they were like, okay, all right. (laughs) You know, I'm in busted. And, uh, and it's just changing how, how much grace and patience we have for one another, how much understanding we have for one another, how to lead one another better uh, because of that grace and patience we have, how to ask uh, more clearly and more directly for what we need as employees, as mentors, as mentees, um, as colleagues, and then I think the Enneagram just gives you a language. There's there's an easier way to articulate what we need without people getting their feelings hurt about the words choice we use. If we stay in the Enneagram and and the number system, um, we can talk to people about how they behave when they're stressed, how they behave when they're in a really good place. Um, you know what they what tools they have to be able to show up in the world, how how they're Perceived. I mean, there's just a whole body of work, and and a whole body of self awareness we can have that maybe we didn't know how to describe before, or that we were um, felt bad about, felt guilty about, felt like it got us in trouble, and now we get to say, okay, that is na- that's my natural inclination. Am I okay with that or not? And if I am, I get to stick with it. And if I'm not, I get to make some changes and, and, and I get to see how it affects the people that I work most closely with. And it's been powerful for some of our folks who are building their own teams and, and their own groups to have, again, a, a more clear awareness of themselves, but every single person on their team. And then to be able to talk with the rest of us about that. Um, I think, I think the sky's the limit. I think we have just kind of jumped off, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the trampoline where we're, we're just about ready to launch.
0: So let me do this. You mentioned and referenced our meeting in Athens. And so I, I, it was it was a powerful hour and a half. And I remember just looking around the room and just seeing people kind of with a different look on their face as you got to their number, you know, because we were organized on the front end and we had name, you know, little name cards and everybody knew on the front end where people were. And so if you would Nikki, go all the way back to the history, like I'm an origins mm-hmm. type person. So just mm-hmm. to give people kind of some background on the Enneagram as a personal growth tool, yeah. you know, start there and then maybe we've got time. So, yeah. uh,
1: let's go one Make through nine through and, and, uh, i maybe we'll, we'll add some color along the way. Okay. Sounds great. So, you know, I've, I've been studying this for years. There's lots and lots of information out there. You're going to hear some different things, but from what I've studied, um, it was actually created in, in like 1915 I mean, it's been around a long, long time, which is amazing. But, you know, I would say in the last five or seven years, it's kind of really gotten repopularized. Um, it does have a Christian lens to it, um, depending on where I'm teaching about it. I may or may not, um, you know, go into that. Now, here in Georgia, um, you know, I have some more room to do that than I would have, I think, when I lived in Pennsylvania. But um, it, it gives, it helps us understand how we make decisions. It's how, It helps us understand, as I said, how we behave in stress, how we behave when we're in security. Um, there's these things called wings, and so they say that that's kind of like salt and pepper for your steak. And so sometimes we're saltier. And sometimes we want a little more pepper. But I look at it like each of the numbers that we have access to are kind of like tool belts with different tools in them. And so the way I described it to the group, and I said, this is this is a Dr. Nikkiism." So you're not going to read this in a book anywhere. But um, I happen to be an eight. So it's as though I wear a tool belt that has all these tools that eights use all the time. And the example I gave them was, let's say all my tools are, are for hanging pictures. So what kind of tools do you need when you hang pictures? Uh, let's go with hammer and nail and hanger. Wire, yeah, Wire, level, yes. different things like that, right? And so that's great. And maybe, you know, who knows, 75, 80, 85, 90% of the time, that's exactly what I need. But then today, the toilet breaks, and I need to work on the toilet. I am coming finally at 42 years old to the realization that my hammer and my nails and my wire and my level are probably not going to fix the toilet. So I need to borrow tools from a different tool belt. And Mm. that's where my wings and my stress and my security number come in because I have access to tools in all these other tool belts. And I don't ever put those tool belts on. They don't, that doesn't become the way I view the world from now on. It's just, as I said, I get to borrow those in situations where my tools don't, don't work. And Again, wow, what a powerful awareness to be able to say, I have access to these things all the time. And then I get um, kind of the power and the responsibility to pick and choose when to use any of those numbers based on who I'm working with, based on the situation at hand. And when I understand what it feels in my body like Mm. to be in my security number or to be in my stress number or to be in one of my wings, then I can use them for my good. It isn't this out of control move to be in my stress number. I can choose to use the tools in my stress number when they work. And if that doesn't work, I get I have other tools I can choose from. And so just the wealth of, again, these different tools, these different strategies, these different ways I can talk about it, these different ways I notice how it feels in my body to lean into one or the other – Absolutely changes, I think, how I can interact with other people in other situations, but how then I'm perceived in those situations. And so, you know, one of the things that's true about an eight, eights are known as challengers. So we Hmm. care um, vehemently about fairness and equity, and we will fight um, for people that can't or won't fight for themselves. Now, when I ran a domestic violence shelter and I was working with sheriffs and judges and trying to get temporary protective orders for people, that worked really great. My hammer worked in a lot of those situations and it was necessary. Um, But when I was then sitting with those clients at two in the morning who had just left their homes, um, fearing for their lives, fearing for their child's life, maybe all beaten and battered, my eight self didn't work. Mm. The hammer was not appropriate in that scenario. But gratefully, my eight goes to two behaves more like a two or uses the tools in the two tool belt in security. Twos are nurturers. Twos are servants. And so now all of a sudden I have the ability to almost like shift gears. Mm -hmm. Think about like a five-speed car. I get to like almost downshift from that very high energy, uh, sometimes arrogant, aggressive, this is the way it's going to be, into let me downshift a little and let's be calmer. Quieter, better listener, less forceful, more open. Um, you know, have I cried with clients? Absolutely, I have. When you hear the stories like that, it's hard not to. And and but back then I didn't know that's what was <laughs> happening. I just knew I could do it, and I thought that was just skills I had built and some counseling degrees and and life and and crisis management. But when I then learned the Enneagram, I, it was like, oh, mm-hmm. oh, and I like settled into it. Okay. And so now it's not a fluke. Right. Now it's just not this random thing. It's this thing that makes sense. And then my security, I'm sorry, my stress number is five, and fives are observers. And so when I feel like I have poured out all of me, and either I'm kind of, I'm pretty burnt out and I, I have given all I can give, or um, somebody I really trusted betrays me. Um, a, a supervisor says, like, you don't know what you're talking about. Sit down, clips my wings. I have a tendency to go to five where it's like, oh, okay, and I pull all my resources in. It's like, you know, like a kid who gets their hand smacked, I'm gonna pull it all in and I'm gonna hold on to it for a while, and I'm just gonna watch. Mm. and I'm gonna listen and I'm gonna learn, and I'm gonna figure out where things went sideways and then pick and choose. When I pour out again. And if this isn't a safe place to be me or to pour out, then I won't. And then I have some decisions to make about whether I'm staying at that job or not, or staying in that situation or not, or staying in that relationship or not. But it gives me a chance, again, to kind of refuel and refill the emotional gas tank and to feel safe again before I put myself back out into the world um, in a way that advocates for other people more than myself.
0: And that understanding that and awareness that people over time can have for their own feelings. Yeah. Uh, I love the tool belt example because yeah. I just bought one recently, mm-hmm. you know, from Lowe's, Yeah, a very nice DeWalt. <laughs> um, but everybody can relate to that, right? Like yeah. you just know, you kind of know you are who you are, but then to have a more well-lit path as to why yep. you are who you are mm-hmm. and then be able to not manage it, but just think through it.
1: Yeah. Live into it, pick and choose it. And I think too, you know, when people say, um, I am who I am, take it or leave it. That's a real Mm cop-out. It's a real cop-out to say everybody else just has to put up with me. And I think it is self-preservation. I think it's a way a lot of people use to not let people in and this sense that you'll take me or leave me and then if you leave I get to say see that's how the world works see everybody leaves see I'm not good enough or see I'm not worthy or see they're not good enough or whatever that looks like and and the Enneagram gives us such great tools to lean in to relationship to lean in to facing who we are and how we show up and again whether or not we like that and we choose every one of our behaviors we might choose them more quickly, right? If you're, if you're really angry and you punch a wall, that choice happened really quickly, but that was a choice. Your choice to apologize to someone might happen much more slowly, but it's a choice to apologize or not to apologize. And so I truly believe everything we say, everything we do is a choice. And I want to get better at making choices that serve me well and that help other people know the genuine, authentic me, not the first impression me. Mm. And it allows for more of that if I can lean in to who I am and to who they are and and honor who they are, wherever they are in life, and then show up in ways that make me proud.
0: So for our tens of tens listeners out there, uh, if you want to try and figure out... Now, there are questions, right? There's questions that you ask, and there's definitely a, a systematic way for someone to identify which... Enneagram number they um, think you know they are are closest to, but just for our audience, can you, you know, let me give you the the number and the name, and then why don't you just rapid fire with me on who these people typically are, how they typically identify, sure, and then it could be fun uh, for you at home (laughs) to uh, be thinking, is that me? You know, am I? Am I I number one? So we'll go there. We'll go number one as the perfectionist.
1: Okay. Really quickly, one way to know that if it's you, as they say, you feel equally seen, heard, and exposed. So like, wow. Seen, heard, heard, and exposed.
0: exposed.
1: So like, wow, this gets me, but like, oh, that feels a little cringeworthy. Like I, some of that negative feedback, like I've heard before, or I've hurt people's feelings doing exactly that. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of how you might know, like, oh, yep. mm Mm-hmm. That fits. Those clothes fit. All and right. Then so get we, your we'll feelings ready. Right.
0: Everybody get your feelings ready. Number one.
1: So, well, actually, if you don't mind, Brian, let's do 891 because they're in the same yep. uh, triad. So we just talked about eights. Um, the challengers, um, unhealthy eights are real bullies, but healthy eights are great, like nonprofit leaders are great advocates of, again, folks who can't or won't speak for themselves. Um, and like nobody messes with an eights people. Like- mm eights will go to the death over the people that are in their inner circle. Nines, um, nines are at the top of the Enneagram chart and you can Google an Enneagram uh, chart, you know, they're all over the place. Um, but nines are at the top of the Enneagram chart because they say that nines can see the world through the lenses of all the other numbers. So, um, but that makes it really hard for them. They're great negotiators. They're great mediators, um, but they want peace. They want no conflict. And, um, they can be seen then as kind of being lazy to what their own needs are. They're not always aware of what they need because they can see the world through the lenses of all the other numbers. And so while they're, there seeing, Oh, I understand why he did that. And I understand why she did that. Then there's like a loss of what would I do in that situation? And so they're big, um, sort of challenge or, or invitation in the world is to remember that they have an opinion and a thought and a way that they want to show up. Uh, ones are uh, perfectionists. Some people prefer to be um, called improvers. They're the people that love to dot the I's and cross the T's. And this is a really good time to differentiate. So the Enneagram is not about what you do. It's about why you do what you do, which mm. is part of what makes this so very different from every other um, typology system. Because here's a good time. If we talk about eights, eights care very definitively about fairness and equity, but they care about fairness and equity in terms of people getting hurt and wanting to protect people. Ones care, again, vehemently about right and wrong. It's right and wrong. It's black or it's white. And they will absolutely fight for something, but they fight for what's right, even if it hurts people.
0: The idealist,
1: right? They care more about. There's a right answer here, and we should be doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. And um, and again, when we talk about, you mentioned earlier, you know, getting the right people on the bus in your business and having them in the right seats. You know, one of the ways to really use a one is like they're great at detail. Mm-hmm. They're great proofreaders. They're great at if we're going to set a precedent in something, what would be the the right precedent to set ongoing. And so, uh, you know, instead of people picking on them about why do you have to be uh, so obsessive or why do you have to be such a perfectionist <laughs> right. or whatever, when you understand that and you can utilize it, now they feel really honored because it's getting utilized and you are using their best strength. That's the way to go. When I, you I, hold up
0: the foam finger, you're like, I'm a number one.
1: Right. And you, yeah, you're yeah, you excited. <laughs> you tell everybody. And listen, again, if I was making a flyer for an event because I teach an event planning class, I would ha- hand every flyer, I would hand every press release, I would hand every report before we put it out in the world to a one and then not get my feelings hurt when they pick it apart because it's going to be better when they're done with it. Um, Those people are all in the gut triad. So they do. So they do the fire ready aim thing. They do first and they think and feel about it later. Then we go into the next uh, triad, which is the heart or feeling triad. So these people make decisions um, from their feeling centers first. And so twos, twos are known as the nurturers. Again, they're hosts, they're hostesses. They're the people like when you come to their house, they have, you know, a drink uh, platter set up and there's food and there's pillows and there's candles going and they want to (laughs) take care of people and they want to focus on relationships spotify yeah
0: the music
1: yep and it, well and made a playlist didn't right. just hit random like right. made a, play a playlist of exactly Correct. what's going to happen while we're here um, but they're the people who who are calling everybody else how you doing um you know am i allowed to tell what you are sure okay so brian's a two and he is absolutely um like the poster child for two because he gets in one-on-ones with our folks and he says um how are you and they say whatever answer and then he says well how, how are you really and then we like getting the real stuff like we get deep. Right. And, and that's what a two is like. Don't tell me the surface level stuff I want, like in your world and 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 I, and I want to be a true partner uh, in life with you. And so that's uh, that's super fun. Um, the downside, the negative side to twos is they often love other people uh, so that those people love them in return. And so, uh, you know, there's, there can be a, a sort of tit for tat, um, relationship there for unhealthy twos, um, threes are achievers. Threes are really success, uh, oriented, um, threes want to be seen. They're very image conscious, um, and they want to be able to like know all their goals, settle their goals, run them down. Um, you know, nothing gets in the way. This is how it's going to be. I know my numbers. If like I'm a salesperson or one of our partners, Sean is a three and I mean, We made the joke, but it's true. You can ask him what his goals are. He will tell you the exact number in all the ways and exactly where he is in relation to it, um, because that just really matters to him. Um, Unhealthy threes can be known to kind of cut some corners in order to check the box and say they were successful at X, Y, or Z, even if maybe they didn't um, do it to its full potential, didn't do it to completion. Uh, and then the last number in the Feeling Triad are fours. Fours are individualists. Fours want to be super unique. Fours are very, very creative. Uh, can be mistaken for twos in terms of they also love candles and pillows and, um, you know, like being in all their feelings. They kind of like like pigs in mud. They want to muck around in all their feelings. Um, but I, I always find it amusing because they're such individualists. Whenever I do a speaking gig with a bunch of people and there is more than one four in the room, they swear that's impossible. <laughs> right. They're, like could not have they been. In another so one. They are so unique. There could not have been another four in the room, and they always get uh, bummed out about it. Um, but you know, they do say that four is the least common um, of the the enneagram numbers. But um, but there are more than one. There's a descriptive <laughs> word
0: here, Nikki. You have your doctorate. I don't. Yeah. What's what is bohemian?
1: Bohemian is kind of earthy. It's kind earthy. of um, okay. Yeah. Uh, maybe hippie-ish. Not to offend people, but you know this sense of kind of making my own, making my own way Got yeah, it. and being, okay. being uh, uh, connected. Um, fives. Fives start the thinking triad. And so fives are the observers. Fives care a ton about um, data. One of the things I talk with people when I teach about the Enneagram is, you know, not only should you be managing whoever you're charged with managing, um, but if you're not managing your boss a little bit, you're missing out. And so fives are observers, fives care about data, fives make decisions based on the information that they have and the thoughts that they think. And so if my boss was a five and I was making a pitch for something, I would provide them every stinking ounce of data I could get my hands on. Because if they have a question, if, if they get my proposal and they have questions and they're concerned there's not enough data there, I'll get asked for more data 75 times. But if I come with all the data and I almost overwhelm them with information, I'm much more likely for them to perceive that I have done my work and that there's less risk in terms of moving forward with with that proposal. And so, uh, you know, unhealthy fives can be really um, sort of internal or inward um, and can have a really hard time making decisions because they get stuck wanting more and more and more information. And sometimes there either isn't any more information or sometimes you're out of time and you're just going to need to move forward and make a decision. Um, sixes, they say six is the most common Enneagram type. They're the loyalists. So, um, you know, five, sixes and sevens deal a lot with anxiety as that sort of undercurrent. And so sixes uh, have a tendency to try to predict everything in the world that could go wrong and then prevent as many of those things from happening as they can. And so um, they'll kind of sit back and watch a lot of people and a lot of things. Um, but the reason they're called the loyalist is once they decide that you are a person worth following or a cause worth following or this is the job I really want, they're in. They're all in. They're in sometimes if they're an unhealthy six to their demise. Like they won't quit it. They won't let it go. This is it. They're doing it. Yep. I'm doing it. I'm doing it all the way. And uh and you know, and I I wonder, there's probably not much science about this, but I wonder if you know some of the folks who have created cults or or some of those things that where people have Followed to their death or agreed yeah. to do things um, to hurt other people or to harm themselves um, was because they were really loyal to this cause or this person, even when they started questioning whether the cause of the person was still even good. It's like I, I've, I've just already... I mean, it's a terrible pun, but like drank the Kool-Aid. I'm already, yeah. I'm already doing that. Hey, it's that not time. every
0: day you get to reference David Koresh and Nike.
1: <laughs> and, uh, and, and the actual story. Um, <laughs> right. Seven, sevens are super fun. Sevens are called the adventurers. They have a huge fear of missing out. Um, they're often the life of the party. They're always looking for the next thing. And so for an unhealthy seven, that can be part of the struggle. They can be on the most incredible vacation of their whole lives right now, and they can't even be present in it because they're thinking about the next vacation. They're thinking about the next thing on <laughs> right. the calendar. They're thinking about the next fun thing. Where can I go later tonight? Like I'm at a dinner party. What's going on later tonight? I want to go. Um, Sevens have no number in the feeling triad. And so that's always uh, just kind of an interesting note um, that they avoid their feelings at all costs. Um, Again, unless they're on the healthier side and they know that about themselves and they can lean in. So that's a, I don't know, maybe a cliff note version of uh, of the numbers on the Enneagram.
0: So is typology a real word? Yeah. You said typology. That's a word. Okay. Mm -hmm. Typology. So Listeners, what number do you think you might be? Um, Here's another question. What number do you think the people that you work with Mm
1: -hmm. might be? Yep.
0: How about this zinger? What number do you think your significant other Mm -hmm. might be?
1: Adult children. Those are good ones to know. So
0: in an attempt to set the tone for episode six, which we hope, Uh, which I hope uh, will blow your mind, Mm -hmm. Uh, especially if you're really open. So if what you've just heard and you're open-minded to learning, you know, and and available to learning how both personally and professionally the Enneagram can give you a better understanding of yourself and just how more effectively, um, you know, you can work with or influence the people uh, in your life in in what I would consider to be a a meaningful way, uh, stay tuned. It's coming right back. So, guys, I want to thank you. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, this was episode five of It's Not Crypto with Brian Ross. Um, this is the perimeter, perimeter Roofing Studio from the Country and Its Suites by Radisson and Stone Mountain. Uh, again, upcoming shows. Uh, there's a website, com. And so until next time, I want to say thank you, Dr. Nikki Tobias. We'll be right back. Appreciate you coming on the show. And... Um, Yeah, we're excited to do it all over again, so over to you.